Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Aimed in towards Archer! That's a fabulous header! It's the Dragons, but it's the flick on. Gather round villains and a Merry Christmas to everyone and welcome back to Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by underagaslitlamp.com. The World Cup is over and so is the wait for the return of Premier League football so we'll be discussing all the issues in the build-up to the visit of Liverpool on Boxing Day. I'm your host Andy and this week I'm delighted to be joined by Craig. Yes Andy, yes listener, um Tis the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. Great to be back on the podcast. Great to be back. Looking forward to some Premier League action, and also great to be uh, just feeling festive in the build-up to Crimbo. Absolutely, yeah. Well, welcome, welcome back. It's been a good few weeks since we've had a had a discussion on here, and um, the reason for that, of course, is this uh, this World Cup that's been plonked in the middle of our Premier League season, Craig. But I just wanted to ask you. I spoke to Dan about it last week, but there's been obviously developments um, in terms of the the England um, situation. England, of course, got to the quarterfinals of the World Cup, got knocked out by by France, as we all know, um, who went on to lose the final, um, as we'll come on to in a minute, which we're probably quite pleased about as Villa fans. Um, but since then, obviously, it's been been announced that Gareth Southgate. Um, uh, will be carrying on in his job um, up until the next Euros, at, at least. Um, I just wanted your your general kind of views, firstly on 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 England um, and their tournament, and and maybe a bit about the World Cup in general. But also, I know you've got some some views on on the manager <laughs> and uh, and and uh, our our glorious uh, ex captain, Craig. Uh, yeah, um, um, yes. I was when you said it, glorious ex captain. I was thinking, what is this a Grealish segue? But no, of course, Gareth Southgate <laughs> was uh, the 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 Aston Villa captain once upon a time. Um, it, it, the painting in broad strokes. You know, I I do believe that context is king. Um, but if we remove the context and kind of take a bird's eye view of Gareth Southgate's as gen- let's not even call him Gareth Southgate. Let's call it Nation A and Manager One. Nation A in. 2018 got to the quarterfinals of a World Cup. Nation A in 2020, uh, semi-final, sorry, of World Cup. Nation A in 2020 got to a final um, of the Euros and Nation A in 2022 got to a quarterfinal. So just just if you take those results in isolation, it's uh, backwards. It's the worst result in a major tournament under manager one. So just on that, alone you're a little bit disappointed i think if you add a layer of context and you say that manager one and nation a had the best squad available in those three tournaments in the 2022 version again it's even slightly more disappointing so my feeling is that we could have gone further as 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 england they're not nation a anymore and we should have gone further 
and that actually there's been a regression in terms of the results based on based on where we finished in the previous two tournaments and that is disappointing because again I do think that we have the strongest squad available Um, Deschamps I think in the final for France showed me something that that Southgate has never shown me in terms of France were nowhere and Deschamps made bold, bold change after bold change after bold change and I thought to myself could I imagine Gareth Southgate hooking Harry Kane and Sterling on, on 40 minutes if it wasn't going well for England. I thought there's no chance in hell he would do that, Southgate. Which is what I think separates a winner like Deschamps to a, a really good international manager who I don't think will ever win anything in Gareth Southgate. I think that Gareth Southgate will lead us into the Euros and it'll be the same story. I think as soon as he sees the whites of the eyes of a real winner, like a Mancini or a Deschamps or whoever it might be, um, Spain are going to be changing managers, Portugal are going to be changing managers, whoever it might be at the next Euros, as soon as he sees the, the whites of the eyes of a winner, they'll f- the winners find a way to win. And I don't think Southgate quite has that. But what he does have is an almost uncanny ability, which <laughs> separates him far and, far and above most other England managers, is that he beats, he consistently beats the teams he's supposed to beat, which in itself is a, f- a huge step forward from what we've had previously. We've had some real bad dross, some real bad results. And he's also created a culture for England, which is kind of second to none. So you have to, I think both things can be true at the same time. I think Gareth Southgate has transformed England's national football. I think that he has done a wonderful job. But on the same hand, I don't think he'll ever win. So we won't win the next Euros. And I don't think we'll ever win under Southgate, but at the same time, he's done a good job. Is that, I don't know, is that contradictory, Andy? I don't know. No, I think, I think, I think you're not, you're not far off. I mean, the the nature of tournament football is you only need to lose one match, don't you? So you can win, um, you can have a, you can have a a magnificent win percentage if we put it in the uh, context of a club manager, but you, you, you don't really achieve an awful lot potentially. So um, I think I, I felt in terms of the style of play and and the the general kind of um, uh, performances, performance level of the team, um, I felt we went up a level this tournament, Um, certainly in the the goal, the uh, chance creation and uh, the the goal scored. um, I thought we were, you know, we've been much better this, this tournament. But obviously, like you say, we come up against an opponent that, um, has proven itself very difficult to beat. I mean, they looked like on Sunday in the world in the final, um, they looked like they were they were dead and buried up until around seventy five minutes, and then, you know, out of nowhere, you know, came this 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 incredible kind of uh, comeback, and um, you know, that's what, like you say, that's what kind of great teams have. That's what you know, winners winners do. You know, they they they. Um, they pull something out, um, you know, with with in adversity, don't they? So, yeah, I kind of I kind of get that. I think there's a there is a, a way to go with the mentality, but you know, I, I I tweeted something the other day about you know anyone who who thinks um, Southgate is 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 mediocre, perhaps doesn't remember Iceland and Sven and Capello and. Huddle and and all these other guys that have have gone before him who who were who who were who really did underperform with the players they had. So um, I think I think we have, like you say, the, the 
you know, there's lots of things that have improved about following England, about, you know, watching the England team. And there's a lot to be proud of in that squad. You know, a lot of really, really great characters and, and you know, people that you can really kind of get behind, not just as players, but as people. Um, and I think Southgate's part of that. I think quite often they say, don't they, that teams are reflections of their managers. And, and, I, and, and I think in that case, this is true. But whether we've quite got, I mean, the, 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 you know, the one world-class player we have is Harry Kane, and he, you know, he isn't really a winner, is he? He isn't. He's he's famously never won a won a trophy with his club. Um, that might have changed, obviously, if he'd gone to Man City. But um, that's the guy who who is kind of the captain and the and the one real kind of world-class player that we have, and you know, he, he's not he's not he's not quite there on that. You know, in terms of that that trophy count, really. So maybe that says something. But um, I, I mean, I, I I can't disagree with much much that you've said. My my only thing with Southgate was I felt he sh- he perhaps should have gone. You know, if anything, to protect that that bit of legacy that he has, and you know, you know, I think sometimes you have to you have to know when to leave the party, don't you? Yeah, and 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 that and and that's it because you are. Your your one your you know your one bad result away and and, and, and let's not forget this is coming off the I, f- I forgot to mention the Nations League this is coming off the back of a Nations League relegation with a humiliating four nil home defeat to uh, Hungary. Um, it, if if England have a bad tournament, which can happen, we saw it happen to uh, the Germans. We've seen it happen to uh, Brazil. Didn't get quite as far as they they thought they were going to get. Belgium. Uh, had an awful tournament. A bad tournament can happen, and the the fear now is if 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 Southgate has a bad tournament in Euro twenty twenty four. My goodness, time's flying by. Um, <laughs> then he will potentially lose that goodwill, and people people have short memories. It's the attitude in football and the attitude in society is kind of what have you done for me lately? So I think if he went out now, he would have gone out on a high. Certainly, I don't think he's done anything to deserve to be sacked. I do think that he earned the right, uh, Southgate, to to choose whether he stepped aside now or whether he stays to the end of his contract. He's chosen to stay, um, and 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 I hope it, it turns out well for him. But I, I don't think he'll be humiliated because I think he's too solid a manager. Again, I don't think he's a clown or some kind of fraud or anything like that. I just think he's someone who isn't quite good enough to 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 win. Um, and I don't think we'll win, but you know, it'll probably be the same thing. We'll go out quarterfinals, semifinals in glory, and it'll be like, oh, well, you know, they did our best lads and da 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 and and I'll yawn and be irritated that we don't have that winning mentality as a as a footballing nation anymore and that we um and that we've we've we're potentially losing losing you know, losing our chances with this, with this new kind of wonderful generation. But the hope is that he, um, he's able to, he's able to, to do it. Obviously the, the reason that you enter the tournament, at least if you're, if you're a team like England, if you're a team like France, if you're a team like Portugal, if you're a team like Brazil, Argentina, everyone's trying to win it and only one of you can. So my complaint is when I hear this, oh, you know, Pat on the back, they did well. I'm sick of England being glorious losers. I'd rather us be S-house winners like Argentina were, you know, and, and get over the line. But I, I digress. I think um, I, I wish Southgate all the best. He didn't deserve to be sacked. He did earn the right to, to make his own choice. 
Um, and and we'll see. Um, but uh, to your point, I hope it goes well for him because I wouldn't want him to be kind of, you know, hounded out like, you know, like Sam Allardyce with his pint of wine or anything like that because Southgate deserves better than that. Yeah, and I think I think that was the worry, wasn't it, in the summer, like you say, you know, being booed at being booed at Wolves, um, and uh, you know after that Hungary defeat, and that I mean it was it was bad. The Nations League has been bad, but you know I certainly wouldn't be sacking a manager on the strength of a Nations League performance. It is about the major tournaments at international level, and he has done well enough, you know. To keep his job, I mean, you know, there's a case for saying on balance he's 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 the most successful England manager, you know, ever, and certainly since uh, Sir Alf Ramsey. So, um, you know, like you say, he he he's earned the right to keep to keep uh, going if he if he chooses, and that's what he's chosen to do. So, um, all all the best with him. But let's get on to someone who certainly has got a winning mentality, Craig. Um, uh, our goalkeeper, um, Emmy Martinez, <laughs> who, uh, I mean, entertained, I think, everyone at the weekend um, alongside his, his, his teammates for Argentina. He is the first ever World Cup winner um, who, was, who has been playing for Aston Villa at the time. Um, Argentina, of course, beat beat France in, a, in an absolutely wonderful World Cup final um, on Sunday. Um, <laughs> it went, I think they had to win it. I heard someone saying that they had to win it about four times um, because <laughs> France just would not give up, would not go away, um, virus and all. Um, but obviously after a you know, pulsating 120 minutes, um, it was the uh, it was down to the penalties, which is of course right in um, Emmy's wheelhouse, and and he saved one penalty, and of course, you know, used one or two um, tactics, shall we say, in order to uh, to um, you know really get under the skin of the French penalty takers, and they ended up winning the winning the penalty shootout uh, reasonably comfortably in the end. Um, of course, as well, you know. Let's not forget that world-class save in the last minute um, to deny France the win. I mean, that would have been, you know, really, really cruel on on Argentina. I think if that had gone in. But what what are your feelings towards Emmy Martinez now? His overall kind of performance at the World Cup, and does this potentially kind of accelerate or change his own objectives in terms of what he wants to do with his short and long-term future? Well, I feel love and admiration, um, and and complete um, wonder. Actually, I don't know that I've ever watched a game of football and has been that didn't involve England or Aston Villa, and been as emotionally involved as that one. I was on the edge of my seat, as I'm sure millions upon millions of people were worldwide. I had no skin in the game other than Martinez and. Um, it was just incredible. It was a, just an incredible roller coaster, and to have your goalkeeper, Aston Villa's goalkeeper, on the um, on the pitch, and this isn't like I also consider Martinez kind of homegrown, which might sound ridiculous because he had a long career before Aston Villa. He's only been with us for a few years, but in terms of being a Premier League goalkeeper, Emmy Martinez is homegrown at Aston Villa. We're the ones that took a chance on him. We're the ones that helped develop him and we're the one that gave him the platform to play for Argentina. He had not even had a single Argentinian cap 
before he signed for Aston Villa and started playing for Dean Smith in the Premier League. So I consider him homegrown in that sense. And to have someone who has has been part of our journey at Aston Villa being such a colossus on the world stage and being arguably the conduit to help Lionel Messi as well get his first international trophy with the Copa America a couple of years ago or last year, so should I say. And now also for Lionel Messi to kind of complete his collection and, 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 and add the crowning jewel to his career. And all roads lead through Emi Martinez. Um, Argentina were not a world force, even with Lionel Messi, even with the likes of Aguero, Tevez, Di Maria, Dybala, so on and so forth, Mascarano. They were not a world force, um, in, 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 in at least not a trophy-winning world force. Yes, they'd reached finals, but they could never go over the line. But now with Martinez, they have. And I couldn't be prouder. Um, you know, you, you just want to hug him. I, I, I love the antics because it's, <laughs> not to belabor the point, what Martinez showed is exactly what Gareth Southgate doesn't have. When the, when, when, when the, the, the rubber meets the road, do you do anything you can within the rules and maybe slightly outside the rules to win? And he did. And he's now a legend in his, in his, in his own country and a legend of Aston Villa, a history maker at Aston Villa. And long after the hijinks and the penalty shootout are forgotten, the image of, of Martinez holding the, the, the <laughs> certainly holding the, the, the goalkeeper glove trophy to his groin area and the other celebrations will live on forever. He's immortal now is Emmy Martinez. And he did what it had to, he did what he had to do to, to win. And for, for that, I'm, I'm grateful that he's, he's an Aston Villa player an Aston Villa history maker, proud and um, just really overjoyed for him. Yeah, absolutely. You you wouldn't know he was an Aston Villa player um, if you watch Sky Sports. He's apparently just an ex-Arsenal player. Um, I don't know if you've <laughs> been aware. Of that. We don't get it's, Sky Sports um, over here, so I haven't I haven't seen that uh, that coverage. Oh, the, the general media. I mean, I, I you know I think generally as well um, on the coverage, the BBC and the ITV coverage, it was very much about you know Aston Villa was very rarely mentioned, and I, I find that. I find that um, quite difficult, really, because, like you say, um, he's developed an awful lot at Aston Villa. He was obviously making um, huge progress at Arsenal um, in that in that sort of half a season when I think Leno was injured and he came into the side and they ended up winning the FA Cup under Arteta and he had he was a big part of that. Um, he was also a big part of us staying up because he let in a, a Trezeguet volley, didn't he, at, at Villa Park, which um, meant we uh, we beat Arsenal and, and and that was vital to us staying in the Premier League. Um, not that he knew that at the time, but um, so he had started the process, I think, of 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 coming through. But he was not guaranteed to be the, the number one goalkeeper at Arsenal. And like you say, he he made a big call. He made a big decision to kind of come come to Villa and Villa paid an awful lot for him. And um, as we've heard from from Neil Cutler on various sort of um, uh, podcasts and, and outlets where he said he had a big hand in that. He had a big say in, in bringing Martinez to the club um, along with Dean Smith and, um, and, and uh, Johan Langer, getting the, getting the deal over the line and bringing him in and, and, um, 
and and really kind of working with him. Neil Cutler has been, you know, a, a really wonderful goalkeeping coach for for Aston Villa, and Martinez. I think if you asked him, we'd owe an awful lot to him, and uh, I bet he's quite gutted that he's that he's left. But Aston Villa have been huge in in Martinez. Well, I I don't think he's in. I don't think he's in that starting lineup. If on 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 Sunday in the World Cup final, if if he wasn't, if he hadn't had the last two or three years at Aston Villa, I don't know what you think. No, there's no, there's no, there's 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 always the chance that he could have um, displaced Leno. Leno may have um, uh, uh, Leno may have picked up an injury, or, or or Leno was eventually displaced by by Ramsdale. But uh, that happened a year or so after Martinez already had left and, and had already got his first Argentina cap and had already had a season in goal for Aston Villa. There's no saying there might have been another Argentinian keeper that emerged and, and, and maybe Martinez would have established himself as number one going into that, um, going into that, that Copa America or maybe Leno would have just been, have been preferred throughout and, and, and Martinez would still be a kind of afterthought warming the Arsenal bench and playing in the Carabao Cup. There's no question that um, the, the, the role that um, that, that Neil Cutler played, and it's not just Neil Cutler as well. Let's let's give credit to 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 the rest of the team: um, um, uh, Johan Langer, uh, Dean Smith, uh, Perslow, the whole Aston Villa, the whole Aston Villa um, 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 brain trust went for a guy who was unproven, 30, around 30 years of age, had never played a full season in any top league in the world, despite being on these shores. As you say, he had that half season at Arsenal, but this was still a gamble. And bear in mind, lots of very reliable Villa journals and Villa um, sources were saying there was a, a deal for um, uh, Butland was done and dusted um, not long before. We also had signed England international Tom Heaton, um, but for... Uh, a, a terrible fall at playing at Burnley probably would have been our number one moving forward. Let's let's not forget uh, Tom Heaton had an injury playing uh, in that game against Burnley. Same same game that ended Wesley's career, ended Tom Heaton's Villa career. If Tom Heaton doesn't have that injury, do we even sign a new goalkeeper the following summer? So there's so many sliding doors moments um, for 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 this Emmy Martinez journey, but the 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 the, the bulk of the credit obviously has to go to the man. He has transformed himself from a guy who was on loan to Oxford United, for goodness sake, not so long ago, to the premier goalkeeper in the world. A man who saves penalties in World Cup finals and um, uh, shootouts, and also who won the Copa America and World Cup back-to-back. He is genuinely, perhaps, the best goalkeeper in the world today. And it's it's an incredible thing that, that he plays for Aston Villa. Now, to your earlier point, whether he continues to play for Aston Villa is 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 another matter. I saw his agent came out with some some quotes about six or seven clubs in the world that could could be able to afford him and that everyone wants him. Um, what are your thoughts on on Martinez's future and this undeni- and this undeniable transfer speculation which is bubbling up? Yeah, I think it's going to be very, very difficult. I think it's hard if you if we don't know the um, the the kind of context of his contract and the what's what's maybe written in there and whether he has any any promises in a similar way to maybe that what Jack Grealish had and and maybe Douglas Luiz has now. Um, he he only signed that five year contract a year ago. Um, 
and he was on on the pitch being interviewed and 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 and, and talking really fondly about wanting to stay at the club, believing in the project, believing in in um, what he can achieve at Aston Villa and uh, and all this, and think a lot of a lot of water has gone under the bridge in that time. Obviously, his his goalkeeper coach has gone, um, Stephen Gerrard's gone. Um, he's now back working with a manager who um, perhaps didn't fancy him before, goalkeeping coach that he's worked with before, but. You know, we we don't know what, what you know what the what the um, kind of uh, arrangements were there. We, we, you know what 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 the relationships are like in terms of those those guys. So um, there's a lot there's a lot to be said. There's all there was also like you say there was you know there might be rumours now about clubs wanting to come and buy him, but the, the, there were rumours before the World Cup that Emery didn't really want him and perhaps wanted to to try and try and change the um the, the you know the number one position at, at Villa anyway so i think there's a lot of things up in the air there's a lot of moving parts isn't there and he will have he will now have a taste of you know what it's like to be a champion a you know a, 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 a an elite player you know and he i imagine his next aim will be to play in the champions league you know that, that's me guessing but Based on how things generally work, I'm guessing that's that's what his that's what his aims will be. So, you know, whether um, a good end to the season at Villa, um, maybe maybe even getting into Europe might might persuade him otherwise. But I I would think that if the, if an opportunity comes up to to play in the Champions League, play for one of the elite clubs in Europe, um, I imagine he'd want to do that. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm like the uh, like last Christmas, the last Christmas lyric, which I'm hearing all the time on the radio. Uh, Once bitten and twice shy, I was bitten by a man named Jack. Um, you know, not not you know, not in person. You know, emotionally bitten. He didn't he didn't touch me anyone. Don't worry. Um, and um, even if he wanted to, he could bite me. Not really. Um, so basically, yeah, once bitten and twice shy. I I I really thought that Jack Grealish being Mister Aston Villa as we know, would, would, would stay. I, I, I believed and, and said on this podcast much to, uh, much to, much to, uh, my dismay that I was so badly wrong. I did think Jack was going to give us another year. I did believe that to be true. And, um, I was horribly wrong about that. The Manchester City Scott Carson bench roll was too much for him to, to, <laughs> to resist. And, um, and there he is. And, and, uh, you know, ironically, Watching him for England, um, I was like, "This is not the same guy." For as an England fan that we had a couple of years uh, last last summer for the Euros, but I, I digress. Um, yeah, so I now I, I I'm now not so naive. I, I'm with you, kind of Andy. I think if a club of a, of a certain stature um, comes in, an Atletico Madrid, uh, a, a, a Real Madrid might be a little bit too far. Uh, Barcelona, if they can, <laughs> if they can borrow, borrow some. Have they got, have they got any more levers to they, pull? They've got some, <laughs> some, some of their economic levers to pull. But if a club of that stature were to come in and offer him Champions League football, um, yeah, I think he would be, I think he would, would, would probably want to move on. Because realistically, 
best case scenario for Aston Villa, and this is this is almost fantasy land. It would be the beginning of the season after next for us to play Champions League football. It's probably the beginning, you know, and that's if everything went amazingly well. Breaking into the Champions League is not not simple. I, I'd be happy with Europa League the season after next. Um, I think that this this season so far obviously has been is, is halfway over, and I think it'd be very challenging for us to qualify for any kind of um, competition this year. So, yeah, I think all those things being equal, if there's a buyout clause, and obviously it's out of our hands anyway, we don't know. Obviously, neither of us have seen the the details of Martinez's contract. But if a Champions League, if there is a buyout clause, and a Champions League club comes in and, and hits that clause then it's out of Villa's hands. And I would imagine that Martinez would move on in those circumstances. If there isn't a buyout clause and someone comes in with some kind of derisory offer of, I don't know, 20, 25 million, we know that then, then I think Villa will tell him to go get stuffed. And I think that Martinez would um, would respect that decision and, and carry on working hard for the team, or at least I would hope so. So, yeah, it's um, it would be it would be a real bit of pill to swallow after after losing so many of our elite players but this is kind of where we are on the food chain and that's where we've been since I was a little boy and, and, and Dwight York broke my heart there's been a <laughs> a trail a trail of Aston Villa star players uh, York Young Milner uh, Gareth Barry Benteke um, Jack Grealish most recently there's been a trail of them our best players going moving on to to the bright lights and 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 um, and it would be a shame if Martinez was next, but um, it wouldn't be out of the question, I don't think, Andy. No, it, it is frustrating, and it's almost like the, the the media, the football media, can't can't bear the thought of they couldn't bear the thought of of um, you know an, an iconic kind of you know sort of flashy footballer who everyone in the country fell in love with um, playing for Aston Villa. They couldn't deal with that, so they had to move him on. Um, and now it's a World Cup winner playing for Aston Villa, and of course there's one at Brighton as well, which I'm sure oh, yeah. I'm sure they'll get the um, they'll get the the brunt of that as well. Although I think he has just recently signed a a contract, but you know it's um, it's it's frustrating from that that perspective. But of course a lot of things have to come together for for these moves to to happen. And although he is at the moment, like we say, he's the he's the he's the He's the main man, isn't he, in terms of the goalkeeping world? Um, but whether he is actually the best goalkeeper in the world is open to debate. And there are elements of his game which I think would, you know, would potentially put off, um, you know, big clubs from making a making a, a huge move because it would have to be a, it would have to be a, a huge move at the moment as well, a huge transfer fee to get get him. Um, you know, think that there are elements of his game. I mean, you know, the, the part of the reason I think the rumours about about Emery maybe not, you know, not not fancying him totally is 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 his, his work with his feet. You know, his his um, his work on the ball, um, which might not be quite um, where Emery wants it to be. Really, um, well, he's like Franz be Beckenbauer with his feet next to uh, Olsen. <laughs> well. <So. laughs> <laughs> that is very true. He's very good with it. He's very good with his feet, but he's not, you know, he's not up there with with Allison and Emerson and Donnarumma and, and and guys like that, is he? And um, 
I'm always, <laughs> I always, I always sort of have to check myself when I'm talking about things like this because I don't. It's a similar to, thing to to judging fullbacks on their ability to create goals. You know, I, 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 I like to judge my goalkeeper on how on them keeping the ball out the net, which he's he's brilliant at. That when that ball went through in the last minute of extra time, and the France guy, you know, swung his leg back. I knew he. I had no, I, no thought that that was going in the net. I, I just knew that M, Emmy was going to save that ball, and it was a, it was an unbelievable save at that point of the game. It was, it was, that's a World Cup winning save, isn't it? It really was because <laughs> there was just not a lot of time on the clock. All that game was bonkers enough for it to happen. There wasn't enough, enough time on the clock for 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 them to recover. Really. Um, you imagine France would have parked the bus at that point and barring something absolutely obscene, that would have been France as world champions and um and and and, and Martinez and Messi crying into their, their Weetabix or whatever the Argentinian equivalent of that is. So it, it is uh, I saw um actually a, a, an opinion piece about that save from Martinez you just mentioned versus the famous Gordon Banks save uh f- against Pele. The 1970 World Cup. Uh, YouTube it, uh, youngsters, if you haven't seen it. Um, and the argument was that, that this Martinez save is now, or should now be credited as the greatest save of all time because of the context. These, the, the Pele save uh, from Gordon Banks was in the group stages. Both England and um, Brazil qualified anyway to the next round. This was in the final knockings of extra time of a World Cup final and the guy is one on one and blasts it. As you say, this wasn't a, 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 an Ollie Watkins scuff shot. <laughs> this was, this was a, this was a a firm, hard in. finish, <laughs> directing towards the bottom corner that was flying in. And somehow he's 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 done his he's he's he's, he's spread himself and, and and made the save. So I I. It was. It is iconic, and again, those are the iconic moments that I think, anyway, supersede all this silliness to do with the to do with the the, the, the celebrations and the, uh, the 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 maybe some naughtiness in the penalty shootout. So yeah, it's, isn't it just mad to be talking about this? And this is an Aston Villa player, <laughs> isn't yeah, it bonkers? It is. Yeah, I, it, I just it, it the, absolutely the, is. The, the picture of the of the of the the top goal scorer, and then uh, the, the picture. Um, I'm sure it's been published over there as it has here of Mbappe, Messi and Emi Martinez holding their three respective trophies for player of the tournament, top goal scorer and goalkeeper of the tournament. I just thought, I just stared at it for about, for about a minute. I was like, this is the Aston Villa goalkeeper next to <laughs> the two best outfield players in the world. I can't, there's just some there's some kind of con- cognitive dissonance here in my, that there's something wrong with this image that I quite can't, my my brain can't compute it. It's it is a little bit oh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a special thing. This is a really special thing. And no matter how it ends, it it, it, it this happened and no one can take it away from us. 
Yeah, no, that's that's right, and I think um, you know it's a huge moment for the club, and I'm sure they'll 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 milk it for all it's worth when he returns. Um, if if you know if he gets <laughs> whenever the uh, the celebrations in Buenos Aires finish, um, he'll be back. He'll be back in Birmingham, um, and it'll be back to the day job for him. And uh, you know, it'd be, be be interesting to see how he how he sort of changes changes gears really into back into um life as a premier league footballer because it as much as the premier league is is the you know the 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 iconic league in the world it's uh it might feel like a bit of a come down for him when he when he gets back but you know we'll we'll wait and see and i'm sure he'll get a, a magnificent um reception at the uh from the from the villa park crowd when he when he gets back so um yeah it's, in, it's incredible isn't it <laughs> And just a, just a quick, it is incredible. Just a, last last thing on Emmy. Just a quick shout out to our owners, um, Nasef Suarez and Wes Edens. When they took over the club, I believe the the goalkeepers we had on the books were Mark Bunn and uh, and and Kalinic, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, now, for us to go from that to having our goalkeeper as being an instrumental piece of the world cup winning team is just bonkers and that's only like four years ago it's absolutely bonkers so imagine where we can be in the next four years maybe all those three players at the next world cup will be aston villa players who knows <laughs> you never know, you never know. <laughs> kamara archer and uh, emmy still there as the three winners <laughs> yeah but um yeah, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on from from Martinez, and um, I'm sure we'll talk about him quite a lot over the next few weeks as he uh, sort of uh, reintegrates himself back into the into the Villa side. But another player who we were um, we were saying was up there, one of the world class players. Um, not not much over. 12 months ago was um, of course Philip Coutinho and we were signing him on loan um, January to, uh, to to come in and, and, and sprinkle the stardust and maybe get himself into the into the Brazil squad um, for this World Cup um, it hasn't quite worked out um, I think I think you'll agree. Um, he's currently returning to fitness. Um, hasn't hasn't played any part in in any preseason matches, but he is back in training with the squad. There's been some pictures of him looking looking quite 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 happy, quite smiley on the training ground. Um, but there is talk of his that his agent Kia Jurabchin is is trying to negotiate his exit from Villa with Corinthians of Brazil. A possible destination for him. I'm not sure how many how many options he he would really have realistically um, on his salary. Um, and despite but despite starting sort of most games really under Gerard this season and last season, he's he's contributed very little. Um, certainly this season in terms of goal involvements, um, and he's really looked a shadow of the player when he when he first joined. Um, on loan, and he had a had a really good start to his his Villa career. Um, it seems Villa may may try to offload um, Coutinho, taking a huge hit on his on his wages and the fee. However, if it if it doesn't happen, because um, again, lots of things have to come together for th- for this. Could Emery find a role for him in the squad, or do, or does this feel like another a bit of another Mesut Ozil situation, like he had at Arsenal? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, 
Now, obviously, Coutinho hasn't been fit yet for any of of, of Emery's very you know games in, in in Emery's very short tenure at Aston Villa. So it is unclear as to exactly what the role would be for Coutinho, and if there even is a role. Um, you would think he would be one of the wide players or he would be in the, 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 the secondary striker role would be the only spots that he could fill in an, in an Emery uh, 4-4-2 system or at least the, the, the system that Emery has played thus far. And then he's looking at taking a place from either Buendia or Jacob Ramsey on the wings, assuming those are the starters, uh, or either Ollie Watkins or, or Leon Bailey up front. And although this sounds difficult to to really say because it sounds it sounds <laughs> the, the sentence I was about to say it, 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 it again I've got that cognitive dissonance again I don't know if I can say it my brain is struggling to form the words I'm not sure that Philip Coutinho is good enough to start for Aston Villa what a sentence that is yeah I feel like I need I feel like I need a cigarette after saying that my goodness <laughs> um not that I smoke cigarettes but if I did Look, it's, it is a real shame. It is a real, real shame. It is a real conundrum. Um, there's normally no smoke without fire. Uh, uh, Kia Drabjun isn't short of things to say. And if he is trying to negotiate an exit from Aston Villa, as he has said publicly, then probably it's because he's had a, a wink and a nod from, 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 from Emery to say, yep, we are happy to let him go. If Emery had come in the door and um, wrapped his arms around Philippe and said, much as Gerard did, we're going to build around you, then, then maybe that, that doesn't come out from, from Kia Drabjin. Um, so perhaps it's already been decided. Um, you would like to think that, that, that Emery would have, Emery would at least have a go with him because this isn't, this is, this is such a rare talent that it's, and, and such a huge outlay in terms of transfer fee and, and wages in particular that you, you, you think you have to give it another shot and a new manager and a new system. But I also, on the other hand, watched the World Cup as, as did you, as did lots of other people, Andy. And I saw another player who was, was, was in his pomp not so long ago in the Premier League, a guy by the name of Eden Hazard. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing with him. Um, just looks, he reminded me of Coutinho a little bit and, 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 and Hazard isn't even as old as Coutinho um, um, off the top of my head. So it's just amazing what could happen to these elite players. Gareth Bale would be another one. Uh, Gareth Bale, what an amazing player he's been over the years. Again, for Wales, just looked a shadow of a shadow of himself. So I, I, I don't know what the, the, the physiology is behind it. I don't know what the psychology, the psychology it is behind it. Even Cristiano Ronaldo again looks at like, it's like a, a, a photocopy of a photocopy of, of what he once was struggling to trap a football he was at certain points during um, that uh, Brazil defeat to uh, that Portugal defeat to Morocco so I don't know what it is that happens to these elite footballers that they can fall off a cliff so dramatically but the fact that we have so many examples now means that Coutinho isn't alone it's not necessarily thing to be embarrassed about or ashamed of and um and 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 maybe it's just gone for him, Andy. Maybe once it's gone, it's gone. We 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 tried and it, it didn't work. It was a gamble and and uh you know we, we bet on red and it came up black. Yeah, it's it is a shame. And I think I think what makes it more frustrating is the fact that um it was there at the start. We did see um elements of that that Philip Coutinho who who who, you know, what would cost 130 million or whatever it was to to go to Barcelona 
flashes of it, admittedly, but there was certainly games where he ran the show. Um, I, you know, the game against Southampton in particular stands out where he was absolutely phenomenal. One of one of the most dominant performances by an Aston Villa player I can remember. Um, really, really good. But like you say, just just kind of it it stopped happening, and whether he kind of whether that was a team thing and whether that was to do with the coach at the time, whether that was to do with, you know, the, the system and the tactics and he just lost a bit of heart. I don't know whether he, you know, he just couldn't, he just couldn't play the amount of minutes maybe that, that, that Gerald wanted him to. Um, perhaps he did need rotating with Buendia a little bit more and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, it just didn't happen, and 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 this season, I mean, he's he's just nowhere near it. I mean, you talked about, I think Ronaldo's a, a really good comparison. You know, someone that actually looks like he's making the team worse. Um, you know, and that was saying something in that, you know, those early weeks of the season. But you know, it's almost like when he when he was taken out, the team had a had a bit of impetus, a bit of new life, and. And that's always a worry when you get a player like that. It seems like they're holding the rest of the team back. Um, he's a, he's a, he's an absolute, he's a he's a quality player. You don't just lose that overnight. And Emery might have a few ideas about about you know how to how to get something out of him, how to get the best out of him, and use his qualities. But it, like you say, it's you know again, you know there are players in that side who who have. Who have really sort of, you know, taken to life under Emery so far. Even even John McGinn coming back into the side had a couple of decent performances before the break, and I'll talk about the Villarreal game last week. I thought it looked really good, you know, and looks looks a bit of a different player. Looks like he's got a a bit of a new lease of life um, all of a sudden. So looks like he's um, trimmed down as well, Andy, which I think may have helped. Yeah, possibly, and 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 he just looks he, he just looks a lot more focused, and like he's <laughs> again, you know, might be might be something about coaching. Maybe when you tell when you let players know exactly what what their job is, um, perhaps they improve. I don't know, um, but um, that's the thing. You 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 you're potentially putting Coutinho in um, again ahead of someone who's who deserves to be in the side, and um, I'm not sure. I like that. I mean, if he if he if he gets a, if he gets some chances, gets some opportunities, you know, off the bench or maybe in the FA Cup, you know, and, and takes those opportunities and forces his way back way back into the side, then then all all well and good. But I don't want to see him being picked because he's Philip Coutinho. I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, I've kind of. I feel like we we need a new attitude now. You know, towards Aston Villa and. You know, for so long it's been about individuals, hasn't it? And you know, have, relying on certain players. And if those players aren't there or they're not playing well, then it's it, it brings the rest of the the team down. Whereas I think now it has to be about the team, the setup, and the you know whoever's playing does the job. And 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 uh, you know that that's what I'm hoping for under this manager. Yeah, and I think he is—he is that guy. As 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 we say, it was Emery who, um, and and you, you you use a really good example in the question there with with Urzil. It was not Arteta that was the person who initially identified that Urzil needs to be moved along and the Bamiyang for that matter for the good of the team. It was Emery, but Emery wasn't backed in the same way as uh, Arteta was to 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 make those changes. And and Arteta, to his credit, 
took a hell of a lot of heat, uh, particularly with Aubameyang, um, uh, less so than Ozil. But for both, he took a lot of heat when moving them along because he believed it would be best for the team. And it it did take six months or so, uh, or a little bit longer for that for that truth to 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 emerge. But I think that we were so bad under Steven Gerrard and Coutinho has been so disappointing. I mean, at least Aubameyang was still scoring goals. At least Ozil was still uh, creating goals, even if he wasn't doing a great deal of, of work for the team off the ball. Um, but uh, Coutinho, as you say, Andy, has provided us with a large goose egg um, this year. Zero, zip, nada. Um, which is really difficult to do <laughs> when you're playing in 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 a, uh, in, a, in an offensive position in the Premier League, you know, even old your mate from Wales, Kiefer Moore, has, has got a few goals <laughs> this season, and he is, you know, I would respectfully describe him as a, an agricultural footballer. So to have someone of the 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 skill set of Philip Coutinho and the talent of Philip Coutinho provide nothing is really difficult to swallow, and I think that this 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 actually does give Emery the 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 ammunition, if you like, to make whatever choices he wants. Because if he did sack off Coutinho to Corinthians on January first, which you know is ten days away as we we sit here, I don't think too many Villa fans would be complaining. No, and that's that's the thing. That's how far he's fallen, isn't it? Really, and like you say, it sounds weird that. You could you could make an make a case for him not even getting on the bench, you know. Yeah. So um, that you know that's that's a real fall from grace, isn't it? But to me, that's that's symptomatic of of the you know of how how the club has been over the last year um, under under Gerard and and obviously something major has has, has gone wrong um, in terms of in terms of Coutinho and and. And um, his his role at the club and, and and what you know what we expected and what we've actually got and like you say you know I'm sure I'm sure they're working on it I'm sure that it's a mistake they want to try and try and correct so they can move forward because the last thing you want is someone like that there in the background as well I think that can be worse you know it's all very yeah. well than being in the team but you know if if things do go a bit off the boil. And suddenly people start saying, well, you know, he's and the media particularly who know nothing, by the way, um, about about anyone outside the top six, you know, if they start saying things about um, you know, oh maybe maybe he should give Coutinho a chance, you know, when things are uh, go a little bit ropey as they inevitably will. Um that that's a problem as well, you know the spectre of Coutinho there in the background or in the stands watching the watching the games. Also, in terms of squad harmony, it might be very difficult for a um, for someone, let's say, like I don't know, let's say Ollie Watkins or Leon Bailey, for example, two players that are probably going to start every week if they're fit. Two players that, um, um, particularly Watkins, who who gives his absolute doesn't always have the the end product that you want, but you can never question his commitment. And he's looking at Coutinho, who's probably on double the money, kind of <laughs> sitting sitting, sitting on the bench, uh, uh, filing his nails. I think that kind of thing can be detrimental to, to, to squad harmony as well when they see the top played player is, 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 is contributing very little. So, and also Coutinho is, uh, I'm sure he, he has his own professional pride. He will have been disappointed to have been um, 
left out of the Brazil squad, injury or no injury, he wasn't going to be picked anyway. Um, I, I think it's fair to say, given his performances, as as has been much mentioned. So he'll have some professional pride. He'll want to get back into the Brazil reckoning for the uh, for the next Copa America campaign, which is upcoming for them. And um, and 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 the only way he's going to do that is by by playing playing first team football and trying to get back to 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 something like what he was. And I think a, a league where there's less physical demands, as you mentioned, I think he struggled with those, um, could be just a ticket for him also. And, and maybe he would be prepared to to sacrifice some of those wages to to make that happen. And um, I guess we just have to watch this space. Yeah, definitely. We, we certainly will. Um, so we'll see see how that plays out over the next few weeks. But I'm sure it won't be long before we, we start to get an idea um, about what might be happening with, with Coutinho. Um, but I, I just wanted to say, talk a bit about last Thursday. We went, I went down to, to Villa Park on uh, on Thursday night. It was it looked freezing, Andy. It was absolutely freezing. It was uh, probably it about brutal? minus five. So I don't know if Oof. you get get a bit worse over there. Is it a, a little bit? It does get worse. There? It does get worse over here. But I'm not sitting in a football stand when it's that kind of temperature. <laughs> I can promise you that. <laughs> yeah. So I went, obviously booked the tickets um, a while back before it was uh, minus five. But um, we went along anyway, and it was it was a reasonable night. Good crowd there. 13,000 um the Holt end and the Trinity Road stand were were open and it was it was pretty busy and um a decent sort of uh run out for the players I thought um it's the 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 the, the usual Emery 442 um we had McGinn playing off the right Buendia off the left and the split strikers up front with with Bailey and Watkins uh Cameron and Louise were look really good in midfield, really dominant, winning the ball back, using the ball really well. And then second half, Caden Young, who I think is only sixteen, um, was given given some more time off the bench. I think uh, he played a little bit out in in Dubai when the, the when they were out there um, for a couple of games, and uh, they kind of changed the system to accommodate a, you know a wide sort of winger. Um, on the left-hand side, um, and he looked—he looked pretty good. He looked looked, looked like he was—he was willing to have a go. Looks quite a big lad, quite fast. So, um, you know, big big future for the, for him, I think. Um, but really, I, I kind of wanted to talk about about Ollie Watkins. Um, you know, it's a, it's a it's something we've spoken an awful lot about um, in terms of his his um goal output really and his his missed chances as much as anything and he did miss two or three pretty good chances he had the ball in the net which was ruled out for offside um but do you think do you think this might be Ollie's last last chance at villa um his third manager at villa um do you think this might be his you know he might sort of um it's kind of kill or cure now for, for, for Watkins and whether he can he can kind of improve his goal output a little bit and fend off the the, the, the chance of him being replaced um, in the transfer market. Yeah, he'll have to uh, he'll have to uh, crap or, or get off the pot to uh, paraphrase a famous uh, saying over here at least. Um, Ollie Watkins has um, really talked a good game and his breakout season in the Premier League Let's not forget he scored 14 Premier League goals, which is no mean feat in in, in, a, in a mid-table side as well. And um, he did really well. So he did really well. He comes into the team. And let's, and let's not forget, he 
uh, Ollie Watkins, I think, hit the post something like seven times, the post or the bar that season as well. Yeah, yeah. So we we were logically, we put two and two together, us, us brain trust on this podcast. <laughs> we put two and two together and, and came up with, <laughs> with 18 and, and thought, well, if you add these 14 goals to the to the six or seven that have hit the, the, the woodwork, we've got a 20 goal a season now. We've got a 20, 20, 20 goal a season striker for, for, for years to come in Ollie Watkins. And we'll, we'll be trying to hold on to him a bit like our previous 20 goal a season strikers uh, that we didn't like uh, Benteke. Um, and, and then he follows it up last season with, with 11 goals and nothing like the, the amount of, of chances or, or dynamism that he showed in the first season. And this season's even worse with, with 14 um, appearances. He's got two goals. So this is a clear regression. It's not a subtle regression either. It's, it's, he's on course for four league goals this season, considering half the season's gone now. Um, and four league goals, or 11 league goals for that matter, is not going to be nearly enough to be the Aston Villa striker moving forward if, if, if the club are to fill those ambitions that we spoke about earlier about Europa League or Conference League, Europa League, Champions League, moving into that stratosphere, we are going to need more than four league goals or 11 league goals from our main striker and we're going to need someone who is less wasteful in front of goal. Now, Ollie Watkins came up in the summer and, and, and did interviews about breaking into the World Cup squad, hired, hired, hired a finishing coach and went backwards. So yes, he's taught a good game. He's done, he's done a great deal of stuff in, in, in that regard. But now it is time to really put up or shut up. Um, he's going to have to improve his finishing. No ifs, ands or buts. Yes, the, the, the pressing and all that other stuff is, is, is good. But it's not enough to justify, I think, him, him being Aston Villa's main striker alone. He's going to need to do some, some, some more things. He's going to need to score some more goals. So it's really up to him. We've seen that he's been capable of doing it. We know that he can be better in front of goal than he has been. So it's really up to Ollie Watkins now. He, he, the, the time for talking is over. And, and, and if he does not improve these numbers before July, I would imagine Unai will, will, will go big to bring in a striker, if, if not before. I mean, he may, Emery may have already made his, his mind up, Andy. There could be a striker on the way in January. I mean, that, that has been rumoured. Yeah, it has. There's been a few a few strikers linked, hasn't there, and forward players. I think the uh, the Jao Felix uh, move is probably dead now, um, if it was ever alive in the first place. But um, yeah, the, uh, it, it, it is a bit of a... It feels like a bit of a, a bit of a crossroads, really, for for Watkins. Now he's 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 at that 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 point now where what is it is is his third season for Aston Villa, and um, there comes a point where you have to you have to kick on. He's got he's got some unbelievable qualities, and one of the things about you know I mentioned the missed chances because that was kind of the point I was making, but in other areas he looked really really powerful very very quick he was running at defenders um very strong you know on the ball you know you know making some intelligent runs and you know getting into good areas and 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 i think sort of learning to play this this system as well you know this this kind of split striker system is 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 something that will be a little bit new to him as it is to the to the rest of the players so um I think we have to perhaps bear with him a little bit, and as we do with all of them, 
um, trusting you know Emery's ability to 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 understand what you know what what these players need and what, how they need to be be utilised, um, which he's done so far um, in in the games he's had. So um, and 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 just really see see if it. See if he if he rises to the challenge, I suppose, and he look he looks up for it. That's the thing. He, he looks really, um, I don't know. He's he's got that energy back. He's got that that kind of like, like he did at the start when he first joined. He he's got that kind of there's that feeling about him again. And if he can just start converting some of these chances, you know who who knows? Because in other areas, he's 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 well worth his place in the team. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, he, he absolutely is. And and I I will never question his his work rate, his enthusiasm, his his effort, and his his endeavour is really second to none. Um, seeing like the 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 many um, the, the many videos uh, on on Villa TV that they 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 that they release and uh, seeing Ollie Watkins winning all the all the physical challenges is no surprise. Archer in second place is a bit of a surprise. That's good. And John McGinn I think came in, in third. And Ollie Watkins is always going to win those. He is a supreme athlete. If you were going to build a Premier League footballer from the ground up, it would look and sound and move like Ollie Watkins. So the raw ingredients are there. Um, and Watkins was able to thrive under Dean Smith, a manager who was certainly more carrot than stick. I think based on the numbers alone, you can see that, that Gerard was more, was, was, was less optimal for Ollie Watkins in terms of his probably slightly less loving and cuddly approach. Uh, Emery seems to be a little bit of both. So, so we'll see, but it's up to Ollie Watkins now. There, there's been rumors of, of leads coming in with a bid, um, which would be a backward step. No disrespect to Leeds, um, but you know Ollie Watkins is is playing for his future as much as anyone because that is it's called the sharp end of the pitch for a reason. That's where that's where moments are decided. That's where matches are won. And um, and if Ollie Watkins wants to be Aston Villa's number nine, um, he has to do better in front of goal. That is really the long and the short of it. And 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 there's no there's no getting past it at this point. Now we've we've kind of had enough enough time to see him he's had enough time to, to bed in and settle in and all those other things and adapt to the Premier League it's it's really put up or shut up now yeah definitely and uh, I didn't know that about Leeds um, yeah I don't mind you disrespecting Leeds either if you want to it's, it's okay. entirely up to you um, <laughs> but um, when we, I mean obviously the big thing is that uh, we're talking about all these issues but we've actually got a game coming up Craig We've got a Premier League match to look forward to um, <laughs> on uh, on Boxing Day. Um, really feels like a shot to nothing, doesn't it? Liverpool at home. It's it's very much um, a uh, you know. Let's see what happens. There's no form. There's no. Um, we don't know how either side are going to have coped with with the uh, the break and the players being away and all this all this sort of thing. Um, in terms of Villa, obviously the likelihood is that that Martinez probably won't be uh, <laughs> won't be in any fit state to play. Um, so I'm guessing that uh, Olsen will start. Although um, Philip Marshall did did come on at half time against Villarreal, uh, had 45 minutes, and of course he was opposite um, Pepe Reina, who got a warm welcome back um, in the uh, Villarreal goal that night as well. Just a quick mention to him. But it looks like. Um, so Olsen will probably start. Um, Matt Cash 
Dendonka and Bednarek um, should all be available. They had about 30 minutes each in the friendly. Uh, Ramsey missed the Villarreal game with an injury, so um, not really sure um, until until we hear from Emery whether whether he's going to be available for that. But based on on what we've seen prior to the the break and during the break, um, do you think Emery's style is set? Do you think it's this four four two that we can we can generally expect, um, or do you think there's still some surprises to come and some tinkering maybe and testing things out in terms of team selection and shape? Um, and what team would you like to see on on Monday? I think. Um that there's there's so much more to see from Emery. I think Emery did what he needed to do to get through those 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 initial games and and to win those uh, two Premier League games back to back in in his first two was 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 quite magnificent. Um, the pleasing thing in the Man United game, which we talked about in the podcast, was it was really difficult to see what formation he was playing for large stretches of the game because it moved, it changed, it was like a a chameleon. And then for the Brighton game, he he gets the news that. Uh, both Watkins and Bailey are unavailable and, and you're looking at the team and you're thinking, oh, well, there's not a lot of speed there and he manages to get two goals out of Danny Ings. So who knows what he's going to do um, by playing to Danny Ings' strengths, by the way, because Danny Ings, as we know, elite in the box, not so elite outside the box. So um, so who knows what he's going to do? I, I think that probably the most important thing that we're going to need is, is Martinez, if we're to have a chance. Um, Olsen... You don't want to write someone off, but we seem to concede mountains of goals whenever he's in the net. I think we conceded four against uh, Newcastle when he's come on. We've conceded three in against Man City when he was playing, another four in the Cup at Old Trafford when he was culpable for at least two of those goals. So Olsen, um, with all due respect, does not seem to be cut out for the, the top end or even the bottom end of the Premier League. Um, so him playing instead of Martinez to me is is a major problem. I don't know what the status status is of Jed Steer. I see some pictures of him at Bodymore Heath, but I I I, I worry for 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 us if, if Olsen plays. But the rest of the team, I think, more or less, more or less, it, it, it'll, it'll be as you were. I would imagine Bailey will certainly return. He's been electric, and then it's probably a coin toss about who gets the 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 wide uh, berths because Ramsey is apparently injured. Buendia's back, McGinn's been in good form during this kind of mini break as well. And um and, and then you also have the 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 kind of conundrum there about who to put in. But whatever he does, I trust in Emery. I know that he knows what he's doing, and I think that he's gonna have a plan for every team. He'll have a plan for Liverpool, and it's gonna be different than the plan he had for Brighton, and he'll have a plan going away to Spurs in the following week. So uh, it's exciting to have a real tactician, it's exciting to have a real manager, and it's exciting to have a Premier League game at Villa Park I was hoping I was hoping 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 to be back in England to go to this game unfortunately I'm not going to be um, but you'll be there Andy and um, I'm excited for you it's going to be rocking at Villa Park on Boxing Day I will be there and hopefully um, Covid will will remain away from me I missed last year's Boxing Day match because I was uh, I tested positive that morning so um, I couldn't go but yeah I'm hoping uh, hoping that all that's fine and I'll be there um, in my seat. I, was, I went into the Trinity Road stand last Thursday just for a, a little look from the side, and it was it was uh, it was nice, nice little change. But can't wait to get back in my seat in the Holt End in K two. Um, I agree with everything you said. I think that you know the 
it's it's fun, isn't it, when you've got someone who, as manager, who you feel is thinking about it um, and he's, 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 he's working on things and there's all this work going on behind the scenes and players hopefully kind of buying into it and, and, and giving it everything and, you know, trying to trying to deliver what he wants. I think there's going to be bumps in the road. Um, it would be a, a monumental um, effort, I think, to beat Liverpool on Boxing Day. But it's it's now we're sort of looking at it and seeing, looking at these these games and thinking, well, why not? Why can't we go and beat beat these teams? And I think this is what um, I've spoken about before: is we've now got a manager where 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 everything's possible. We, you know, we, we will lose games, but when you go up against a team that's better than us, we we've got a chance because of the way he's going to set the team up and, and the amount of work that goes in, goes into each match. So, um, yeah, really, really looking forward to it. Just looking forward to bit, to being back, to be honest. Um, and you've, you've made me quite worried now about the goalkeeper. Um, I would, I would do anything to have uh, Jed steer in, 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 in goal ahead of, uh, Olsen, but I don't think, uh, he, he just concedes a hat full every time he plays, mate. I, I, it's not a coincidence at this point. No, and and he doesn't look comfortable, does he? I think we saw in no. the in the United game, you know, when they're trying to play out from the back, trying to do that work. Yeah, he's just nowhere near it. He's, he's he hasn't got the confidence um, on the deck, and that's not his fault. He's like you say, you know, you don't ask uh, goldfish to climb trees. <laughs> And then, no, you don't. And uh, you don't. that's that's what that's what he's been asked to do, and and it, it's not his game. It's not how he it's not how he wants to keep goal, and he 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 probably won't be won't be in that position for very long. But we we have no choice really at, at this stage. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, looking forward to it anyway. Um, do you want to give me a, a a quick prediction? If Olsen's playing, Villa will lose four one. If Martinez <laughs> is playing, I think we'll win two one. Right, okay. <laughs> that's quite a, that's quite a swing. Um, no, it is. Well, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, you got the world champion or the world chump. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm 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 fairly confident. I never predict us to lose, but I'm going to go for a two-two draw. I think neither Lovely. team will be, um, uh, you know, like I say, there's no form. Neither team. Both. It'll be like the first game of the season again, won't it? And uh, I, I I fancy us to get a point. Um, uh, in this one so uh, so let's hope so um but thanks thanks for joining me craig it's been great to have you back on great to be back doing these podcasts and talking about premier league football again um of course it's christmas as well so i hope you have a good christmas merry yes, christmas yes merry christmas everyone oh oh yeah. oh and uh, yeah <laughs> listeners hope you hope you have a great a great christmas um and uh festive period um, over the next few days um, I hope this has been part of the festivities for you um, and uh, if you go into the game obviously have a have a have a great time uh, on Monday um, until obviously next week we'll be back uh, to review that and, and look ahead to the the Spurs game um, but until then stay safe and up the villa <laughs> <laughs>